The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. What's up, Flipboard fam? This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I'm here with the incomparable Stacey Boudry and the Hall of Famer, Dr. Michael Milstead. In this episode of Flipboard EDU Podcast, we continue our conversation with Shelly Terrell about the social-emotional learning. Shelly explains that listening to the concerns from teachers from around the world not only enhances her ability to reach teachers, but it also supports her own instructional delivery. She firmly believes that the passionate teacher who enjoys learning will transfer that enthusiasm to the students. Shelly is a teacher trainer, e-learning specialist, and author of the books, The 30 Goals Challenge for Teachers, Small Steps to Transform Your Teaching, and Learning to Go, Lesson Ideas for Teaching with Mobile Devices, Cell Phones, and BYOT. So join us as we collaborate communicate and educate with the best educators in the world on Flipboard EDU podcast. Welcome back Flipboard fam. I'm here with Shelly Terrell, Dr. Milstead, and my homegirl Stacy Boudry, and we're going to continue the interview that we have with Shelly. Dr. Milstead, take it away. Well, Shelly, you know, as Will mentioned in his introduction, you've trained educators in over 20 countries across the world. I'm just kind of wondering, what are some things that you have learned about teachers that make you a more effective presenter? Well, what I've learned is to really listen and show interest. So whenever I've gone to another country, I try to learn about um, instead of just thinking um, that I'm going to know all the solutions. And I often tell them as well, you know, these are just tips and here's some advice because I want to make your life easier. But in the end, it's your classroom. Whatever, right. if this stresses you out, then take the steps that are going to make you enjoy it. Because ultimately, a teacher that is passionate and enjoys and loves learning is going to be um, the kind of teacher that really impacts their students and inspires them to enjoy learning. But if they get so caught up with like methods or strategies and and it, it, they, it's not their thing, then I feel like that kind of stress goes on the student as well. Not like there's not going to be any stress, but I think the passion and really enjoying has to be there as well. And thinking about presenting, and as we think about when we have to go back whenever that might be, I hear a lot with what you're talking about, both in the first episode and this one, is about relationships. I don't know if you've actually said that, but I definitely can tell relationships are super important to you. So how can we prepare teachers in professional development to address or notice the side effects of being isolated? You know, we were isolated during COVID, and how do we, how do we make sure our kids are okay? How do we make sure we have those relationships? I think that's such an important uh, question. And I really believe in the power of extremely good counselors. 
And so I really hope that a lot of uh, districts will tap into that in schools as well, because there are steps that really can help students, because a lot of times students, uh, well, most of the time, they don't understand the feelings that they're having. So it's really hard for them to go through that and not know how to deal with it. You know, sometimes we expect them in, you know, a situation where they're going to all of a sudden, it's going to be overwhelming. Today, I was actually in a situation where I wasn't isolated, not with a bunch of people. Um, and, you know, just like a, a touch and it made me so emotional. I wanted to cry, actually, because I couldn't remember the last time I had felt like a touch, you know, <laughs> just like a hand or something. And so I was thinking, you know, with students, it's going to be the same way, you know, and, and we've got to prepare that ourselves as teachers, that we're going to see a lot of tears, we're going to see a lot of breakdowns and things like that. If we have a counselor that can give us some really great strategies, I know for my three-year-old, she has a lot of emotional bursts. This has been really tough for her. She doesn't get to go to daycare with her friends. And just hearing one advice about blowing candles with your fingers. Okay, we have birthday candles, and now we're going to blow each one. That actually really worked, and that that helped me. But I was listening to counselors, so I think we really need counselors in schools that can help us. Uh, that's really important. And recognizing, like you talked about the behavior, and if they're, if someone's misbehaving, that doesn't normally, it's time to ask why and try to have that conversation with them to help them find the solution, because they may not know why they're reacting as well. So, you know what, as you guys were talking, I was thinking about my role uh, as an assistant principal. I know I'm going to have students act out in this COVID era. And before we went away, there were teachers who were struggling with identifying when a student's social and emotional aspect of their life was interfering with instruction. Shayla, if you can just shed a little light, and I'm also going to pass that to all. That's a question for all three of y'all. Um, when kids are struggling in the classroom and the teacher does not recognize that it is a social issue, or an emotional issue? What is the best way to handle that? And I'm going to start that one off with Shelly first. Well, I think we have to already understand that it's pretty much always going to be a social-emotional issue, only because they're developing. So their brains are developing, their experiences are happening. So that's not a subject we teach in school. That used to be something that I, I actually had a class like that in elementary, and it helped me tremendously. But because they're not taught that, we can't expect that they've ever, um, even high school students, had knowing that's a stressor. You know, do they even know that language about stressors? Have they ever been asked, you know, or even had to stop and get a plan where when I'm angry, I'm just super angry because I didn't eat? How do I know that I'm angry mm -hmm. because uh, I didn't eat. You know, they don't even know that. I meet adults who get hangry all the time and they don't know until I ask a simple question. Hey, did you eat today? Or here, let me get you a snack. And and so because it's not something we've dealt with, in some schools have, but not a lot. Um, just take that time to just be patient and also to start implementing some sort of some social emotional learning program or, uh, you know, within the curriculum. And I know that takes training. That's not something we do overnight. But until that, I would always say as a teacher, we have to come from that point and then deal with it calmly 
always, you know, and find, um, you know, effective strategies that work. Go ahead, Doc. I'm going to ask you that same question. Well, I think Stacy kind of hit on it a little earlier when she talked about relationships. And now more than ever, it's important that teachers develop relationship with kids. There's no way that you can have a kid sitting in your classroom. You don't know nothing about the kid. You just know that he's ID number 166713. He, you know, he's being late to class. You're not knowing what his home life is, what his background is. That's not going to cut it in today's time, particularly with the COVID-19, the things kids are seeing now with the systemic racism and the George Floyd uh, incident. I mean, all of this is building up in kids and particularly kids from poverty areas. So the big thing is being able to develop those relationships, getting an opportunity to understand the kid and not only in the classroom should that be happening, that should be also happening with administrators also. I mean, you guys need to be in the hallways trying to learn, know who your kids are, what their likes are, what their dislikes are. I mean, Shelly talked about stressors. I also talk about triggers, things that trigger a kid. What make that kid act out the way that he's acting out? You need to know how, as a teacher, how to be able to intervene when, when those triggers are ignited in your classroom, too. So it's asking a lot out of one person. Uh, but, uh, you know, like when I first started, man, I was told this job is truly a labor of love and that's what it is. And if you're going to do it and you're going to do it effectively, uh, then you have to know the kids that you are teaching on a day in and day out basis and not just know their names. And, you know, you got to be able to identify the behaviors and, and why the behavior and why they're coming from, why, why these behaviors are actually kind of gearing up at the times they, they are. So I think it's all about building relationships and getting an opportunity to know your kids. Yes. All right, Stacy. that same question. What do you think? Of course, I agree with the, the relationships. I think it starts there. And I was thinking about as we were talking is if we have a student that's misbehaving, instead of saying, what's wrong with you today? You can say, I noticed you're having a hard time. And, you know, it's all in how you word things. And if you're accusing or you're attacking, you're not going to get the response and you're not going to find the solution. Uh, you need to make sure you choose your words carefully. And I know for myself, every time I hear a way something is worded well, that I receive it well because I can be that kid. So if I receive it well, then I know, okay, that, that those words are good. Those are helpful words. Um, so if I were to, in addition to what Shelley and Dr. Milstead said, I would say that making sure to choose your words wisely. And also I think it's really important for administrators to provide some sort of professional development, something when we come back, help us recognize what is going on with our students when their behavior changes. It might be very, very, very subtle. They might be going from an A student to a B student. There's something going on if those grades are changing and we have to notice it and we have to take action. Yes, I totally agree. You know what? On that same line, we got teachers who have never seen this much stress and trauma in a year. I'm one of them, okay? I have never seen this much stress and trauma in a year. And um, all of the stuff that happened with the um, eyes on racism and then, you know, um, the stuff that happened with COVID and just being aware of students, um, we also have to pay that same attention to teachers. So I'm prefacing this in that same way. What strategies are we going to in, uh, enact for our own coworkers when we see that our coworkers uh, might be going through some stressful stressors? Yeah, I think that's such an important question. And I think that first step, you just as an administrator thought about that and asked. And I don't know how many 
um, have actually asked that question to start coming up with ways to deal with that. We've kind of jumped in in all of this and we've got to make, you know, whatever the state requirements and we haven't stopped and paused. I know, uh, you know, first week I spent 90 hours trying to work and figure it out and balance my life and my three-year-old. It was so tough. And I'm a person that has taken classes, you know, and everything gone through different ways that I can help myself. I know those steps, you know, but a lot of teachers haven't. And I think we need to ask them just reaching out saying, Hey, you know, how are you feeling? What can we do? Um, you know, let's pause, let's breathe. Let's uh, talk about you. How are we going to be asking the same questions? Because I, I don't think a lot of people have done that yet. So I'm also going to pitch that to same question to Stacy now. Stacy, um, I know you're in a support role. Give me some some insight on how are you going to uh, start that conversation off? I think it's simple. You just ask, how are you doing? Ask specific questions. If you have to take notes as an administrator to remember what they told you, do that. I just wrote a letter. One of our superintendents is leaving. I wrote him a letter because he asked how I was doing in grad school. He asked how I was recovering in Hurricane Harvey. He listened to me. He gave me opportunities and I didn't spend a lot of time with him. It's not like I had a really close relationship with him, but I mattered. And I wanted to make sure before he left that he knew, I knew that I mattered um, when no one else would ask how I was doing. He would ask specific questions. And so I think that's the key is making sure you're asking questions. And I'd sometimes write down things that I've learned about people just so I remember it and that I know to ask. I once reminded myself to ask about a coworker's husband because I knew I'd forget, but it was important that I followed up with that. So if I'm going to keep it simple, that's what I would say. Yeah, I am very bad about my own life and asking, you know, hey, how you doing? Hey, what you doing? Because I'm just so used to keeping it going. Stacy, I want to thank you and Dr. Milstead for coming on the show and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Shelly. So, so nice to meet you. I've heard about you for a few years now from <laughs> Coach William, and, and it's good to, good to see a face. Yeah. Oh, thank you. He's, he's awesome. He's amazing. It he was is. great uh, hearing your awesome passion. It's just been, it's, I think this is such a great conversation um, for others to hear. Flipboard EDU podcast is a great resource for teachers, students, and administrators. time for flip tips and today's flip tip is brought to you by my homegirl terry porter and her blog on medium.com entitled your flipboard magazine cover is a front door the cover of your flipboard magazine is a way into your content so just like someone selling a home wants a pretty front door to encourage people to come inside of their house and look around you want a compelling flipboard magazine cover that will have people flipping your content the cover is a focal point of your magazine and just like the first five minutes of a good lesson an engaging flipboard magazine cover is your hook you can read more about terry's article on her blog on medium.com and flip also into our flipboard edu podcast magazine thanks terry Flipboard fam, 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode. I want to give a special thanks to my good friend, Shelly Terrell, for coming to our show. Shelly drops knowledge everywhere she goes. I'd also like to thank Dr. Michael Milstead, the Hall of Famer, and the incomparable Stacey Boudry for all their hard work this episode. Tune in next week as we will be talking about racism and the American educational system. Thank you, Flipboard fam.